Hello and welcome, 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 welcome. Spirit, spirit, spirit. Now, hey, Rishi, what's going on there? I guess I'm on you. Looking forward to the conversation today. Great, I'm glad you're here. And thank you everybody for coming. Just give us a few moments as we load up the page, load up the room. We got up at the top a link to the Spirit Lounge podcast. Um, these rooms are going to be on replays, so if you need time to go back and listen again, or if you know somebody who may want to hear it as well, you can share it with them um, through Clubhouse. But anyone listening outside of the Clubhouse world, um, we are available on all of the podcast streaming services through Anchor. So you can even share those on Spotify and Apple. I've tested it out. With a few friends, um, even just searching Spirit Lounge should bring it in. So I'm just going to give us a moment or two to add in some other folks. The interface has definitely changed, so I'm trying to um, <laughs> find that ad button. Uh, just give us a moment, and we're going to get started tonight on a room that we've had already several times, and I really do enjoy um, about forgiveness versus avoidance. Okay, I do not know how to add people, so I think I'm just going to ask. I think we're going to just get in here. Rishi, or how are you feeling today? Is everything going all right? You doing good? I'm doing well, Antonio. Looking forward to the conversation. I think we could add in the Oh, I friends. see it. Yeah, that's cool. They even use the word friends. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation today. I think there's a it's important to speak about the difference between forgiveness and avoidance and also ultimately not forgiving at all or holding on to that anger within us. So looking forward to this conversation today. Great, Rushin. Thank you for having you know, putting the time aside and being with me to ask you all these questions and go on this journey. Um, and thank you everybody for coming out. Um, just to recap, I'm here with Rishi. He is a monk in the States. Feel free if anything he says you want to dig a little bit deeper, reach out. He has his Instagram linked. Um, if you're listening online, I think we should have that info as well on the homepage. If not, we'll be having it up soon. Um, and my name is Antonio, designer in Brooklyn. If you are in New York City or you hear this in time, um, next week we're gonna there's going to be a few events. Risha's going to be in town, so also feel free to reach out for that. I can give you details. Risha can give you some details. Um, and, and as well, head over to the Spirit Lounge page and hop on in there, bring you in as a member. And there's other recordings through Clubhouse that you can listen to through the other avenues. Um, the replays are a really cool feature to take time and dig a little bit slower into it and um you know we might have a smaller room so if you do have a question or something you feel as the you know as we get into this topic that you'd like to share feel free to raise your hand and and we'll save some space for that um towards the middle towards the middle and end so as usual reach you at the spirit lounge you know we're on season two and i think something that we've been doing pretty well and, and what i really like about this is dialing this question back so you know we talk about forgiveness um, avoidance is is like I don't want to deal with this. Forgiveness is like okay, I got to be okay with this. Um, but and, and we've all heard these words; they're kind of loaded, you know. Please forgive me. It's like an action movie at the end, and and someone says, "Please forgive me." Um, so before we get into these words, you know, I think it's worth 
dialing a bit back and getting into some deeper philosophy behind this. And when I think of forgiveness, you know, I'm thinking that something is happening to us. We got to forgive something that was maybe hard. Maybe someone, um, you know, treated us poorly. Maybe someone abused us or even even lied to us or did, you know, there's, we could think of all these terrible things, but these are all kind of forms of pain, forms of suffering. And we've definitely spoken about suffering many times in the Spirit Lounge, but I want to ask you, you know, to build up this conversation and, and dial it back. Your your view, your input on this idea of, of what is exactly causing us hurt? What is it that what is it that makes pain come into our lives? Why might we see pain? You know, why is there suffering in the world? And if we can get to that, maybe we understand a little bit more of why forgiveness is necessary. And so, Rich, I want to ask you that, you know, what causes us hurt and, and what is pain exactly? Thanks, Antonio. You know, I think to dial it all the way back, one of the questions that we need to ask ourselves is, Firstly, in this world that we live in, it says that it's a world of duality, right? So it's a world where we experience heat and cold, pleasure and pain, ups and downs, what we perceive to be good experiences and bad experiences. So the world in itself is a dualistic world. And the question we should ask ourselves is, why is this world dualistic? So one of the theories behind this is that beyond all of this, before all of this existed, before we existed, before this creation existed, there was something that was present, that was eternal, that's always been, right? A lot of the times in the West, we use this word God, right? So G-O-D. In Eastern traditions, such as Hinduism, G-O-D stands for actually generator, operator, destroyer. And so in, in Eastern traditions, you have the iconography of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, which represents creation, um, destruction, and also maintenance of this reality. So this uh, aspect, this energy, whatever you want to call it, that has always existed, it said that at some point, it wishes to experience itself. It wishes to uh, experience uh, what it is, right? And so to have an experience, you need two elements. You need the lover and the beloved. You need um, something that is um, being experienced and the one that is the experiencer. And so you need two, two components of this. And it's said that this creation, this reality, is the space where this eternal energy, this eternal consciousness goes into to experience itself. And for it to experience itself, there must be this feeling of elements of duality. There must be things where there are opposites. Because if everything was the same, there's nothing to experience. Everything would just be unified. But in the world of dualities, where we can really start to experience many, many different things. So once we understand that, that this field that we are in is actually just a reality for us to experience. So when I say us, we are divine. We are also, we also have the power to create. But the problem is that we 
get attached to our creation. So rather than just experiencing creation, we become attached to creation. That attachment is what leads to suffering and ups and downs and all these other things, right? But if we can create without attachment, then we're free. Then we completely enjoy this reality without ever becoming attached to it. And so I, I know that's a lot there. Is that kind of, um, I hope people are following along. If not, yeah. then I can dial it back a bit. Well, yeah, you know, on that but, note, and, and I think mm -hmm. this is important to, to bring up about the context of the reality we're in, because now we can start to see good and bad is not necessarily one is, good is, is the right thing and bad is the wrong thing. There's more, there's like a deeper level to this. Exactly. The way that you can look at it is just imagine this eternal energy. If you want to give it form, great. If you want to look at it as formless, also fine. This energy wishes to experience itself. So it decides to experience itself by creating this creation, going into it, and experiencing it. And so the way when it manifests into it, it splits into all of these different atmas, you, me, everybody else. So we are all divine in our own very nature and we all have the power to create and we're constantly creating. But the problem is that when we start to create, we become attached to our creation. We get attached to the ups and downs and the struggles and this and that, and that causes suffering. So once we kind of have that basis down, what we'll start to realize is that in this creation that we're creating, in this reality that we're living in, what starts to happen is that in this duality, we're going to experience ups and downs, pleasures and pains, right? We're going to experience moments where we're going to feel like we're mistreated. We're going to feel like something bad has happened to us. We're going to feel like somebody did something that is harmful to us. But that is the very nature of the creation that we live in, that that will always happen one way or another. But the beautiful thing is that it, it works both ways. Even though people will hurt you, and even though there might be moments of trials and tribulations and harm, there's also going to be moments where people are going to be really good to you. People are going to help you. People are going to go out of the way for you. So you're going to experience both sides. Now the problem becomes when you have the expectation that only good things should happen to you, right? It's this idea that if I'm a good person, only good things should happen. And when you go into that understanding and that consciousness, then you're always going to be let down. I remember when I was just in India, somebody had come to me and said, you know, I pray to God every day. I meditate every day. Uh, I do all of these things every day, but people are still treat me badly. Bad things still happen. And so even after all of those practices, they're missing the point. They want this external reality to be perfect, but it will never be perfect. It was always constructed to have this duality. So the only thing that we can strive to do is to rise above that and to navigate that and not get attached to this mindset that everything has to be perfect. As long as we think like that, then it's going to be very difficult. 
But when we think from a dualistic standpoint, then we see, okay, being hurt externally is an experience, right? Everything is an experience. Being helped externally is an experience. Being hurt externally is an experience. And as I had said before, what is the purpose of this creation? Is to experience. Experience doesn't mean only experiencing one facet of creation. It means experiencing all of what creation has to offer. So even the bad things is an experience for the soul. And for the soul, it's not, it doesn't differentiate. So when you peel back the layers of the ego and you reach the Atma and you ask the Atma, does it matter for you if you have this type of experience or that type? It's going to say, no, I'm just here to experience. It's irrelevant for me what experience I have as long as I'm having the experiences that I need to have. Thank you, Rishi. And I think that's a really good point, you know, that, that we brought up before that the spiritual path is not good vibes only and that this is kind of inevitable to happen, that good things and bad things are, you know, essentially what you're saying, what we signed up for, that we know that this has it. If you go to eat some food and you go to eat, you know, a stir fry with rice, you know, it's going to have rice in there and, and we shouldn't be upset because that's the kind of meal the soul wanted to have the good and the bad experience. So I, I think that's a really good, um, you know, that's a good laying the groundwork because it's funny what you mentioned about someone coming to you and saying, hey, I'm praying all the time. Like, why is my life still going crazy? And and we may think that, that, well, once I just start getting on this spiritual path, then everything is bubble gum and it's all, you know, it's all gravy basically. Um, but what you're saying is we want our souls here for all of these kind of experiences. So I guess the next question I would, I would ask you on that note is if we are getting the ups and the downs and, and, the soul doesn't really differentiate between a good and a bad. It just wants the experiences. Um, and as we, as many people who are listening may know that we, we can learn through hard times and we can learn through suffering and pain. And even though it is tough externally, it can really treat us, you know, it can help us grow and, and develop on the inside. So I guess to, to bring this into this idea of forgiveness, you know, what do you think, Rishi, what, what would you say about the value of forgiving um, and, and kind of getting into this mind of accepting that the world is this way, that we are going to get hot and cold, ups and downs, pleasure and pain? Um, you know, what, what would you say is the value of forgiving in that context? Yes, I think that's a, that's a great question. You know, I, firstly... A lot of the times when we look at life, we see that there are certain experiences that, that the soul wishes to have when it incarnates in a specific body, right? So we call this destiny. We call these uh, moments in our lives that are sort of inescapable, right? They, they're going to come into our lives one way or another so we can have certain experiences. Now, we have a choice. The choice isn't that we can uh, run away or avoid these experiences because they'll come to us. But the choice is how we choose to view these experiences internally. And so for a lot of us, 
The value of forgiveness is that internally we're able to navigate these experiences without going through internal suffering, right? Um, we have to differentiate between the experience of the soul and the experience of the identity, which is Antonio. So the Atma, the soul is eternal. Antonio is limited. So Antonio is actually a combination of the mind, the body, certain different patterns, and all of these other things all coming together. And so the only real choice that we have here is does this Antonio in this identity experience a bunch of suffering and sadness when things go bad? Or does he accept it and move forward and flow with life in a peaceful way? So the value of forgiveness is that it allows you to experience life in a much more peaceful and calm way. Because the thing is, it's like you're going to go from point A to point B. The only option that you have is either you're going to kick and scream and, and try and fight going to point B, or you're just going to accept it and go there in a peaceful way. Right? So that's the only option. It's internal, how you start to view reality. So in that way, the value of forgiveness is that it just makes your life much more peaceful. Because when you don't forgive, when you hold on to what you think is right and what you think is wrong, then the only person that is suffering is you. Right? Because ultimately, what is right and what is wrong is irrelevant to the Atma. It's irrelevant to your reality, which is you're just here to have experiences. So even this idea of right and wrong is something we should strive to let go of. We should try our best to, to help. We should try our best to serve. We should try our best to make this world a better place. But in the back of our minds, we should always be aware that this world is a world of duality. Right? And once a great saint said, you know, the, per the problem is that many, many religions try to make this world perfect. But in reality, this world will never be perfect externally, right? Many, many religions try to make the world externally perfect. But in reality, this external world will never be perfect. You have to find internally a state of mind where you perceive all the things happening and you perceive it as perfect right so that that's that it's a very um uh, it's important to kind of analyze what i just said there right? for those listening it's not that the world is perfect but you have to reach a state inside of you where you perceive everything as perfect even though things are happening which you which are for the normal person, dualistic in nature. When you get to that state, then you can find true peace and happiness in your life. But for that to happen, you have to forgive. Because the moment you hold on to certain things, you're never going to be able to reach that state of internal perfection. Beautiful, beautiful, Rishi. And I, I, you know, I really do like this distinction between external and internal. And what's going on, Michelle? Glad to have you up. Um, and, you know, I think a value, as you're mentioning, of forgiveness is not that 
the the work you know everything evaporates but we can start to look at these situations that have caused us pain in a way that okay what's the bigger meaning here what is what is this leading up to maybe what are the unexpected things that i didn't know and be able to get to that internal place of having some peace about it because then we can move on and i think this this will get into this topic of avoidance um in a little bit but i wanted to ask you you know about this uh, to maybe dive a little more into this external first internal forgiving if i just say you know someone did me wrong and and i i'm i'm really mad at them but i say oh it's all right it's all good you know um we can go have dinner it's okay but on the inside i'm really holding a grudge and i can't get over this situation or maybe it's with a family member you know like maybe it was something with my father and i'm like okay well we can we can uh, go and i'm trying to pretend like i did forgive them um just putting on this kind of external show but maybe on the inside i'm boiling up maybe i'm maybe i i really have strong feelings and i haven't really gotten to that state of forgiving um so rishi i wanted to know what what might look like like what are the symptoms of of just saying externally okay i forgive you versus this internalness it sounds more like it is it is a feeling that we have like it's something that we um I don't know. It's like our understanding our position in the world, in the cosmos, as opposed to just saying, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I forgive you. You know, do you think there's what is what's this difference between external and internal? It's a very good question. You know, and ex if you externally forgive, but you actually still hold on to all of the attachment and emotions inside of you, then what's going to happen? what you'll start to notice is that certain things will keep reoccurring in your life. The same type of situation will start to reoccur in your life where literally there'll be a moment where you will either be forced to internally forgive or you're going to explode like a, like a, one of those um, pots of hot water that is boiling. And then at some point it's going to explode that's what will happen to you. So if you if you externally pretend like everything is fine, you put a smile on your face and you say, yeah, yeah, I forgive, but you don't actually let go of what you needed to inside of you, that same pattern, that same hurt that you perceive from somebody will start to show up again and again and again in your life, maybe through that particular person, but also through others that will project the same type of situation that you went through in the past. And as those patterns start reoccurring, what you will notice is that you will find it harder and harder and harder to make a happy face and forgive, but inside you're still holding on, right? So something will happen. You'll either explode or some realization will come. Something will happen to change because that um, pattern in that way, it won't be able to sustain it. But what what's really nice is that when you forgive somebody internally, that does not mean that you have to be best friends with them, right? It doesn't mean that you have to call them for dinner every single day or see them every day or to smile at them every day. It could mean that you forgive and you never see that person again. But internally, you're not holding on to it. Right? There isn't that emotion. Um, you'll find that when you forgive externally, 
you'll still feel heavy like your shoulders will feel heavy you'll feel like you're carrying something but you when you've internally forgiven you feel very very light and that lightness is what is the main difference between an external and internal forgiveness so i hope that answered the question absolutely and and thank you for that and i do want to thank you know we got some cool friends up on stage and i want to get to you in a little bit i want to thank everybody for coming out this is the spirit lounge we're here with rishi he is a monk in the states feel free to you know reach out to him if you want to dive a little bit deeper um up at the top of the page we got the podcast linked up so it's available on spotify and apple and all the other cool platforms if anyone's listening um and, and, you know, we're talking about this idea of forgiveness versus avoidance. And I do want to get into a little bit about more about avoidance, but I really, you know, I'm really into this word forgiveness and I'm into it so much that I actually got a tattoo on my chest about it. And it's an old quote from a writer that says, to err is human, to forgive is divine. And to err meaning to mess up, to error, you know, and it's saying that, we're all gonna mess up. Everybody's gonna mess up. Someone's gonna mess up to you. You're gonna mess up to somebody. I'm gonna make somebody angry. Someone's gonna make me angry. The society's gonna make me angry. They're gonna hurt me. My my lovers are gonna hurt me. My friends, my strangers, every, it's, it's gonna happen. It's inevitable. But when we can get to this state of forgiving, um, we can reach a divine state. We can let that energy go and it passes through us. And I do like that point, Rishi, you know, about if we're avoiding something, then it will come back in a certain way again, and it'll come back in another form or in another person. And after a certain point, you know, for me, recently, the, um, the lesson was about ghosting. I was just getting ghosted left and right for years. It just kept happening. And I was so, uh, I didn't know what was going on. And only until I started looking deeper into, you know, things from my childhood, things from growing up that I start to realize, okay, there's a bigger picture going on here and I need to be at peace with those things. I need to forgive where I've been in my past and and the pain that I had to grow through because otherwise I can't just keep living like this. I can't let these lessons keep coming in. So I do wanna, um, Risha, I'm gonna ask you a question that I wanna give some space to. We got Rena, um, Roman and Michelle up here as well and ask you a question about forgiveness or avoidance. Um, and. And, you know, so what I want to ask Rishi is, is what exactly is avoidance? You know, avoiding, like if, if, if I just say the word, okay, there's a traffic jam, so I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to go around. Now that is actually like a beneficial thing because by avoiding it, I save time and maybe there was an accident. Um, but I think on, in this context of forgiving being its opposite, it's a little bit different that avoiding is more like putting it off. Like it's, you know, is there a deeper lesson? At, and we've mentioned this before about souls having this, these some scars, and maybe that's something you could tap into a bit about things that are repeating patterns to deal with and avoiding them as opposed to kind of embracing them or accepting the way of life, the way that life is for us and the way life should be. So Rija, I wanted to know if you'd like to share a bit about your view on what is avoidance and and what it you know what it might mean yeah absolutely you know avoidance is when you 
decide that you don't want to actually work through a particular situation, you'd rather just um, go into a state where you don't even want to look at it. So the way that uh, the analogy that I always give is, imagine you have a very dirty room and one day you come in and you turn on the lights and you see all of the mess. And at that point, you don't want to clean it up. You don't want to work through it. So you just shut off the, you turn off the light and it becomes dark and you pretend like you never saw it, right? And so it's this idea that on the spiritual path, it's the same. There are many sort of um, patterns, many qualities that we hold on to, maybe lust, greed, jealousy, certain attachments, certain expectations. And all of these qualities and patterns are things that are not just in this life, but you've experienced in many, 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 many lives. Certain events strengthen those uh, samskaras or those qualities, and they start to become more and more embedded in you. Uh, so the way that you can also look at it is imagine a rock and there's water constantly running on that rock. Over time, that water starts to st uh, create a groove in the rock. In the same way, when certain events happen again and again and again in your life and you don't actually work through them, they start to create grooves in your consciousness. And these grooves dictate how you act and perceive the world around you. And if you don't let, um, if you don't work on these grooves, these grooves become a part of who you are. They become your identity. So when you're put in particular situations, it becomes very, very um, um, easy to determine how you'll act, right? So I know if I put Antonio in this particular situation, he's going to act in this way because that has become a groove in your personality. And so what happens is that when you avoid, you strengthen these grooves and the grooves become deeper and deeper. And what happens is that for these grooves to break or to be, um, uh, re, I guess, restructured, many, many drastic things have to happen for you to change, right? So this is what I always say. There's only two ways to grow on the spiritual path either through grace or suffering. So grace are active measures that we take to address the grooves and work on them step by step through meditation, through other practices. Suffering is when we don't work on these grooves and they become so deep that only some external catalyst has to come into our lives to shake us up. Because as humans, we become very, very, um, we, we go into our comfort states, right? And in comfort, we stagnate. We're always seeking some type of comfort in moments where we actually have to break free and grow. And so when we avoid, we create grooves or we deepen the grooves. And what will happen is that more intense and intense and intense situations will keep presenting your life till you're forced to look at it and to change. And so if something bad happened to you now, but you don't forgive and you avoid and you don't work through it, guess what's going to happen? Something even worse will happen to you in the future. And if you don't work through that, something even worse will happen to you later on. So in that way, it's so important that rather than waiting for some major suffering to come into your life and shake you up,
try every day to do your spiritual practices. And those practices will help you to not only avoid a situation, but learn to see it from a different level of consciousness. And when you see it from a different level of consciousness, you will easily forgive. Forgiveness only comes when you rise in consciousness. When you're in a lower level of consciousness, you see reality in a different way, right? Reality is seen based on the lens that we wear. If you're in a lower consciousness, you're going to view reality in a, in a specific way. And in that reality, everything that you see is somehow affected by your samskaras, your grooves. And you will not be able to forgive. You will not be able to, to, um, to make these choices. But as you rise in consciousness, forgiveness comes easily because you start to see reality in a completely different way. So the practices are important for you to transform yourself where you start to go away from avoidance and start going into forgiveness, not externally, but also internally. Incredible points, Rishi. Um, and I really, that, that story of a groove that over time is, is giving us these patterns, it makes it really difficult to change, you know, and I think just something worth saying for any listeners that haven't been to too many spirit lounges before is that this suffering is in a way to grow for the, it is in the interest of the soul. It's not like just beating somebody up um, because you hate them. You know, this is for the growth, for to strengthen those groups, to fill in those gaps, to, to rise in this consciousness and awareness that we, we can interact with the world differently and and address and confront things as opposed to trying to avoid push them off to the side no i don't got to worry about that you know i think that analogy of the of the room being dirty is is perfect that we can all feel like we've been there where, the, where our parents are like hey clean your room clean your room no i don't want clean your room and then before we know it we can't even walk in the room you open the door and there's shoes everywhere and there's dirty clothes here and you don't even know how to go grab clean clothes because everything is dirty or it's all, you know, I, I think this is really hitting the nail on the head with this topic of avoidance and forgiveness is like, okay, I'm going to clean my room and it's okay. You know, these things that came into my life, these, these samskaras that I have that I've gained through many lifetimes, it's okay. It's not, it's not, I'm not a bad person from having them. Um, it's just something I get to experience something i get to work through so it's it you know we don't have to beat ourselves up about it and that's reaching this kind of higher view on what's ha you know our position in the world so thank you very much for that rishi oh looks like you might have a connection problem um but i do want to ask some of our uh, moderators up on stage michelle got you up here always a pleasure um and i wanted to ask you and you know we could jump around a little bit um have there been any situations in your life, if you feel like sharing, or um, where maybe you've avoided something or pushed it off, or maybe a, a time where you felt like you, you really dived into this forgiveness and was able to, you know, get a good result out of it? Michelle, we, we got, you know, always a pleasure to have you up here, and we'd like to hear what you have to say about this combo. Thanks, Antonio. So good to see you and Rishi back. I've missed you both. It's really lovely to be here. Uh, what a topic. <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> I think this is, it's its a huge topic and um, Rishi and I have spoken about it before, I think, in, um, in the Emotion Club. And 
it's such an interesting thing, this forgiveness thing, because so many people have points of view, very differing points of view about forgiveness. And I think, you know, we're all different with forgiveness. Different brains deal differently with forgiveness. And sometimes, um, you know, people who tend toward depression find forgiveness very challenging. And it's, it, it is a, a muscle that we have to build. I think we really have to work at forgiveness. For some people, it, it comes much more naturally, but it is definitely a growth point. You know, I concur with everything Rishi said before. And actually, since you asked me about a personal story, the one, that, the thing that comes to mind, and perhaps it was an avoidance, but my first husband, as some of you probably know, died of cancer when I was about 32. In fact, I was 32 years old. And um, people said to me, you must be really angry. Can you forgive him? And I could not connect to that, like, angry, forgive? Uh, you know, like, I, I really couldn't understand why I needed to forgive him for getting sick and dying. But a lot of people asked me about that. And many, many years later, um, decades later, I... I sort of can see where people were coming from, but it wasn't an issue for me and it wasn't an avoidance. Um, it's a really tricky thing, this forgiveness thing, because we all see it differently. For me, when I, the act of forgiveness is primarily for me, myself. When I go into forgiveness, it gives me the same kind of feeling that um, gratitude gives me in that I I feel an openness, a release and a letting go of that, you know, the burden on the shoulders that Rishi was describing before. And I think for some people, for, for with forgiveness, it begins with acceptance. And once we come into acceptance, we more easily can come into a place of compassion, both for ourselves and the situation and perhaps the other person and forgiveness follows that's what I think um, you know holding on to say a grudge for example that really does hold us back on our spiritual pathway it keeps us bogged down and it keeps us connected to the energy of whatever it is that happened and we can even keep recreating that and that can be in the form of getting angry about things that are similar, that have the similar, but, you know, the charge gets bigger each time, which Rishi was talking about. So I think, you know, forgiveness really um, means a letting go within ourself. Um, we don't necessarily have to be close or let that person in again. Um, that's a choice. But I do think that forgiveness is is a really, really important thing. If it's just outwardly, it's not really forgiveness. It's just, um, it's just uh, words that hold no power or meaning. It has to come from the heart. It has to be real. Otherwise, it's not really forgiveness. And um, it's a commitment. I think forgiveness is a, is a commitment to 
a personalised process of change. And um, when we acknowledge our own emotions about the harm that's been done and how they've affected what's, you know, like how it affects me and my own behaviour, um, I can find ways to, to release that. But for many people, forgiveness is a process. And, um, yeah, but I still can't quite fathom why people thought I had to forgive my husband for dying. I didn't feel, I didn't feel that need and I don't think it was an avoidance either. But maybe for, for somebody else that would be the case and that's not for me to judge. But, uh, yeah, real forgiveness comes from within. It's not just external. Else we're just paying lip service. And uh, I'll press pause there. Beautiful, Michelle. Thank you very much, and and for you know bringing this word of acceptance, and accepting the things that come into our lives. And and I always love hearing your stories because even the way you talk, you just have an acceptance about the way things are and and what we what you've been through, and you can feel it in kind of this calmness. I think that's a big part of, of forgiveness is getting into a calm state. So thank you for that share, Michelle. Um, I do want to thank everybody for coming out, and I see over in this new chat room that we have on here that Neha, you have a little question, and then I'm going to keep bouncing around. Roman and Rena, I see up here as well. Um, Neha, if you had a question or something you want to, um, you know, chime in about this idea of maybe avoidance, if you if you've been dealing with something and you got a repeating pattern, um, and you had a question you'd like to ask, the mic is all yours. Um, thank you. Thank you for uh, calling me on the stage. So I have this question I heard about this repeating cycle bit and I resonated and I wanted to ask this question because I'm, I consistently have been falling for men um, who aren't really, um, let's just say it's just, it's a hard stop where something becomes a deal breaker, like a problem keeps repeating and it doesn't get resolved in spite of trying really hard or providing a solution but it's not accepted by the opposite person and just becomes like a like a mood point uh and i want to work on it because uh i really want like i think i want to settle with the partner now it's just that i'm consistently being faced with that uh, is there a way to solve it if if there's something that i need to forgive or something that i've been avoiding um just just i'd, I'd appreciate more insight if, if you can if you can or if you have any thoughts about this Hi, Nea. Thank you for that question. Um, you know, I think what you had mentioned before is really in line with what I had spoken a bit earlier about patterns and habits that we hold on to. And this is what is referred to as samskaras. So samskaras are patterns, habits, or certain qualities that we have cultivated over this life and many other lives. These samskaras can either be good or they can be positive or they can be negative. So positive samskaras are certain qualities like consistency, courage, um, the ability to have um, uh, repetition with certain things that we do, intelligence. So all of these are positive samskaras that we've cultivated in this life and in past lives, which if we apply, can help us to gain a better understanding of who we are. Negative samskaras are qualities such as jealousy, greed, frustration, anger, 
uh, a feeling of not being worthy. So these are negative samskaras. And these negative samskaras arise when certain events happen in our life. Right? So let's say a certain event happened where you meet somebody and that person ends up cheating on you. When that person cheats on you, that moment has a certain mental impression that is imprinted into your identity. Right? So when you get cheated, certain things might come out of that. A feeling of anger, a feeling of uh, frustration, a feeling of not being worthy. So when you let this samskara, this quality, take hold, take root, what will happen is that this will then start to influence and affect the way you view life. And you will start to draw certain things into your life that will continuously trigger these patterns and habits. And the only way to break free of these triggers is you have to learn to start to transcend them. And I'll get into how you can transcend them. But if you don't learn how to transcend them, then what will happen is the intensity of these experiences will get more and more and more and more. And the suffering will become greater and greater and greater. And then you will be forced to change. That's why I meant that there's grace and then there's suffering. Suffering is ultimately a form of grace that makes you get to a certain state where you will change. But grace is when you make that effort right now. So regarding what you had said, I would not necessarily say it has so much to do with forgiveness or avoidance. I would just say there are certain samskaras that you might not necessarily have worked through. What those samskaras is, I'm not able to tell you. Nobody will be able to tell you. It's something that you will have to meditate and see for yourself. Whatever that pattern is that is making you attract same type of person into your life and through practices meditation practices through awareness through how you live your life through lifestyle changes uh, maybe transitioning to a, a vegetarian diet maybe uh, stopping to drink alcohol maybe stopping to do drugs maybe stopping to do certain uh, activities that are not beneficial to you so a transition in your lifestyle, meditation practices, and more awareness in your action will ultimately help you to work through that samskara. And as you work through that samskara, you will rise in consciousness. And as you rise in consciousness, you will not attract the same type of people. You will attract different types of people that resonate with you in that higher level of consciousness. And in that space, you will have the opportunity to hopefully cultivate a better type of relationship. But as long as you stay in the lower levels of consciousness, you're going to attract those types of people. And you're going to continuously go in a circle where you won't be able to um, go past your samskaras, but your samskaras will become deeper and deeper and deeper grooved inside of you. Uh, so I hope that answered um, the question that you were looking for. Yes, uh, I recently like started practicing meditations and I'm, I get visions, I just get colors, but I'm just definitely going to meditate more about my pattern and see if I get an answer and, and see if I have to address something deep within. Thank you so much, Rishiti. Thank you.
Sure, no problem. And also with meditation, you know, it's it's not so much about uh, doing it intensely. It's more about just trying and doing it for five minutes to 20 minutes a day, but have that consistency and that repetition. And through that, you will slowly start to see transformation happen. I remember I was speaking with my, my spiritual teacher and uh, he was looking at me and he says, you know, you know how difficult it is to change a samskara? Imagine life after life after life. You have embedded the samskara deep into your identity. So in that way, give it some time. Um, and over some time, you will start to slowly transcend those samskaras. Um, I'm speaking to everyone about this when it comes to meditation. So thank you. Much love. Thank you, Naha. I think that's a beautiful question that, that we can all kind of relate to in many different aspects. And thank you, Rishi, for the response. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming out. And we do got Roman up on the stage. I want to give you some time on the mic. Always glad to see you up here. Um, you know, Roman, we're talking about forgiveness and avoidance. And I wanted to know if there's been situations in your life that maybe you have avoided or tough lessons about yourself, if you feel like sharing or just some contributions about forgiveness or a question. Roman, the mic is all yours. Yeah, I hope you can hear me well. I'm in my car. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say. I just, I'm just so happy to be back in here. It feels like a reunion. I haven't uh, saw you two in a while, so much love to y'all. Rishi, I love how you say much love because I heard your guru say much love before too, and I just find that super dope. <laughs> so much love. Um, one thing I was thinking of when you were mentioning holding things in earlier, like you know, um, forgiveness or needing to approach a situation, a situation and holding off was, <clears throat> it reminds me of, um, like a vessel, especially like a vast, uh, a brass vessel. Um, in, uh, Sanatta Dharma, there's like this process and Rishi, you can correct me. I think it's called Achman or Achman or something like that, where you pretty much, um, there's a vessel of water. And you use a small spoon to kind of purify your hands and what other utensils you may be using in um, a devotional ritual or some type of spiritual practice. And if you keep water in these um, vessels long enough, um, because they're brass, it'll start to, like, tarnish and, like, erode and, you know, kind of leave a mark. So I was thinking, you know, it's that that's what came to mind is, when we hold in, um, when we don't forgive and we hold it in and we don't address the situations, they really only affect us in the end and they cause us mental distress and, and worry. So it's best to let it go as soon as possible and, you know, just forgive. And I forgot who said it earlier, but forgiving doesn't always mean you have to continue to be around a person that may have damaged you or hurt you or offended you in some way. Um, forgiveness can also be a precursor to letting go. So um, those are just some things that came to my mind. I definitely, definitely have dealt with holding things in and not forgiving and being, you know, in the ego or even maybe a brat about it, you know, not wanting to let go. <laughs> and it only affected me in the long run, um, especially not even, you know, when you hold things in and, and don't approach the situation, sometimes you can be unsure of the situation. And so it's best to approach it and get clarity because you can be completely wrong about whatever it is. So those are my 
three cents. Om Shanti. Thank you, Roman, and much love. Always glad to have you up here. You know, I think that's a good analogy about this holding in and it starts to tarnish on the inside. And, and that's exactly the case. You know, we hold these grudges in and we hold this anger and we may be angry and holding a grudge against only something in our mind, something, you know, to your point, you get some clarity when you get to forgive, you get to address and we get to confront. We know what the other person was thinking or maybe they weren't thinking and we can accept that, okay, they did this from a place of not thinking and, and that's all right. They were, that was the best they could do in that situation. So really good, really good addition and always glad to have you up here. Um, we got Rena up on the stage and I want to give you some time on the mic, but I also want to thank everybody for coming out. The room is looking nice. Um, we got Rishi up on stage. He's a monk in the States. Feel free to reach over to his Instagram page if you want to um, link up and, and talk a little further. If you are in the New York City area next week, there's going to be some events we got planned, so also look up for that. Um, if you're listening on the podcast or on Apple Music and Spotify and all that, there should also be a link. Rishi Chidananda is the name of the Instagram. My name is Antonio. This is the Spirit Lounge, everybody. We're going to have uh, next week, I think we'll do some physical things and then get back into more regular rooms. So head over to the page and we can, you can add yourself in as a member and get those notifications. Um, so right now, you know, we've... we've going a lot of places and I want to give you some time here about this idea of forgiveness and avoidance and, and ask, you know, if you're comfortable sharing a situation that maybe you had avoided and um, it, maybe it took a long time to get to or maybe it caused some pain or something that you really were able to forgive and, and saw some results from that. Reina, it's all yours. Hi, thank you, Antonio and Vashi, for having me up here on stage. And uh, just like um, I don't know who it was, I just echo that I'm glad that you're both back. I love listening to the to the Spirit Lounge. Uh, so, what Rishi was explaining today about forgiveness and avoidance, I have been I'm processing uh, everything that Rishi said, and one thing that do came to mind, and it's a combination of a question and a, and a, an observation is that um, I've always thought my entire life, uh, you know, the whole thing about repetition and patterns, and I have consistently been seeing patterns and uh, patterns in the sense where I make friends with people and then something happens and then, you know, either they do me wrong or whatever. And then I, and then I explode, I hold on to it for a while, but then I explode and then I lose them. And then, then in the next, it, then it seems like another season where I get a new set of friends and the same sort of pattern occurs. And I remember that I would even think about, you know, am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of having friendship and love around me? And, but in deeper introspection, I realized where it's coming from. And it also hit me more when Rishi was explaining about repetition that the source of my pain uh, it actually comes from my family, my mom specifically. I always find myself um, crying about her because of the fact that I realized that she has not accepted me as who I am. And my dad also not being a very strong male uh, presence in my life. I think in a way that is what I'm holding on to and, you know, suffering through it, as I would say. So there are times that I've exploded at them but then I would just kind of like, uh, for lack of a better word, suck it up and then just move on. And I'm sort of thinking, I'm, I'm still connecting the dots and I'm still processing, but 
um, you know, so that, so that is, that is the one, uh, what I would call it, like this, the bulb, the light bulb that just, you know, flicked in, um, as, as, uh, you were explaining Rishi. So I know that I got to work through this pain and try to let go. And I understand that meditation practices, raising my consciousness is, is a good way to do that. Um, you know, like with meditation, uh, is there anything else you would suggest or guide me through, uh, Rishi or Antonio? Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Raina. And, and actually, Rishi, this gets into the next topic, if, you, if you're cool with that. I think, you know, this last subject, and Raina, you know, to, to validate what you're saying, it's not easy. It's not easy having to confront our parents and having to confront terrible things that may have happened in our lives, you know, and, and it, it's a deep-rooted problem. So it does just take time and patience. But Rishi, I want to ask you this, and, and maybe this is a good way to tie into Raina's question, is what do you think is one of the fundamental qualities that we can grow and sustain and practice and cultivate what qualities to help us get into this state of forgiveness yes thank you reina for your um for your insights and also the question you know a lot of times i think the main issue that we all face is that somewhere deep inside of us we still have this feeling that we can control our reality right there is the ego inside of us that believes that this reality is something that we can control but when we really start to reflect on this reality we see that there are very few things in this life that is in our control tomorrow we can be hit by a bus Tomorrow we can wake up and we can have Alzheimer's. Tomorrow you can go to work and be fired. Or you can find out you got cheated on by your husband or whoever it might be. So there's so many things happening around us that we have no real control over. So when we don't have control over these situations, we start to think what is dictating life? What is making things move and happen in whatever way that it needs to. And there's only two conclusions that you can come to. One is that it's just chaos. It's random chaos, structured chaos. And there's another is that there is some divine hand at play that is operating all of this reality in a certain way. And what I had mentioned earlier in when we first started speaking is that this creation is a field of experience, right? There is that eternal divine consciousness at some moment wishes to experience itself and does throw so through creation. And having those experiences entails a dualistic view of this world. This world is dualistic. Things are constantly happening, good and bad. And so when we start to perceive that, when we start to perceive that everything is happening exactly how it needs to happen for us to have the exact experiences that we need to happen, then we start to see things less from a perspective of the ego and more from a perspective or of a higher level of consciousness guiding our life and the life and reality of those around us. There's a saying that says not even a leaf moves without the will of the divine. Not even one leaf moves without the will of the divine. 
So in that way, as much as we might think that things are happening that are in our control, most of life is happening in a way where our Atma is experiencing life, but little of it is in our control. And so the great saints, the enlightened beings, if you speak to them, if you spend time with them, they all display the same quality, which is when you speak to them, they say everything is the will of the divine. It's only the will of the divine. Everything is happening how it needs to be. Everything is the will of the, all the time. If you speak to them, if you're around them, that is their constant state that they're in, that constant reality. And so for us to attain that level, we must start to cultivate the quality of acceptance. Acceptance of life for what it is. So many people, they, they say, I will not forgive. I will not forgive. I cannot forgive. This, what has happened to me is terrible. Right? Steve Jobs, I think, was on his deathbed. He had billions of dollars, but was still mad at some uh, cell phone company for stealing his patent. And so the question becomes, you want to live your life like that? still holding on to certain aspects of what you believe is right and wrong? Or do you just want to let go and move forward and accept that it was the will of God and it's the will of the divine that things happen how they need to? And how can I cultivate acceptance and move on with my life? How can I start to grow and to let go of my grooves and the things I need to work on? Right? Because when we are not forgiving, it's always external. We're always putting the burden on somebody else. We're never taking it on ourselves, right? Somebody did something. It's their fault. It's this. It's that. The burden is always external. And as long as you put the burden externally, guess what will happen? You'll never grow. Because you're always expecting somebody else to change and to grow. And you have no control over those variables. If they grow or they change, it's not up to you. The only thing you have control over is you. And so as long as you are externally facing, you're putting the burden on others and you'll never look at yourself. The moment you start to accept reality for what is, then you start to turn inside. The moment you start to turn inside, you start to be your own samskaras, your own patterns, your own habits that you need to let go of. And as you start to work through those patterns and habits, you start to rise in consciousness. As you rise in consciousness, you will look back at the situation that you could not forgive and laugh because you think to yourself, oh, that's why was I holding on to that? Right. So that has to happen with an internal transformation. That's the only way you can grow on the spiritual path. Uh, so I hope that kind of answered a little bit of your question. And I think we're going to sort of come to a close but uh, I see that Jeremy is, is there. So um, Antonio, um, I guess we can, we can take a little bit more time. Um, it's fine for me. Thank you. And Jeremy, I'm going to get to you right now. And uh, I think Rema, you know, and Rishi, recapping what you said is a, a quote that you have given us a while ago is that there's these two arrows. And the first arrow we have no control over. And the second arrow is how we feel, the reaction against something. We have these things coming into our lives and we have very little control over it. We could easily walk outside and, and get hit by a car. But how do we react to that? How is our internal world kind of impacted by these things that happen to us? We always have control over that. We have agency over that. 
and we should adopt, you know, this mindset of, I want to have control over how I feel internally, even if the world catches on fire tomorrow, I know I could be at peace inside, but it's very difficult. It takes a lot of time, a lot of practice, a lot of the meditations, a lot of everything and a lot of failure and humility too. So, you know, even when we speak about things in the spirit lounge, um, everyone should also parenthesize that this all takes a lot of time and Rishi didn't just become a monk, you know, overnight. There was, there's a lot of trials and stories behind that. So thank you, Raina, for that question. And Jeremy, um, you know, we are at about an hour, but I wanted to know if you had a question that you'd like to ask or a little addition um, onto this idea. Sure. And, and thank you for taking the time. I, uh, I'd accepted the speaking invitation from a little bit earlier because I heard Rishi talking. Uh, Rishi, I, I love what you're saying right here as far as being able to, and I, apparently we were already connected, to remain peaceful no matter what happens in the world. But where do you find the... Where do you find the correlation that you would like to tell people when, because I, I always, I've always felt incredibly peaceful no matter what happens, but I remember I felt a disconnect from other people that I would like to be connected with because I felt like a robot. I felt like when something would happen, I'd be like, oh, it's no big deal. It's kind of what the world was meant to be. Instead of having those genuine emotions, those genuine feelings, those genuine human emotions that I'm trying to transcend at the same time. So where do you find that balance between having those genuine emotions when they come up, even anger. I, I, I think about, you know, my dad was paralyzed for 20 years and it wasn't until like a year and a half ago when someone was like, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That I finally go, yeah, you know what? Me too. It kind of sucked. And it, and it allowed me to feel more connected with the world and more connected with my genuine emotions that I felt like I'd shut off from living a more peaceful life. Uh, and, but I've now noticed that I feel like when I feel these negative emotions, the quicker that I feel them, the quicker that I feel like I get back to peace. So I'd just love for you to chime in for a second on that. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Jeremy. That's actually a, a great question. You know, and it, it kind of goes back to what we had discussed a bit earlier is that this life is a field of experience. And so for us to have experiences, of course, we can't be robots, right? Uh, to have a true experience means that we must fully embrace the emotions that we are feeling in that particular moment. And so when you look at enlightened beings, what's really interesting, or if you spend time with them, you notice that they're actually not very robotic in, in how they view life. You, you, the, my, my teacher does get angry. <laughs> he, does, he also gets excited. He gets sad when a devotee of his dies. He, he genuinely gets sad. He genuinely cries. There are tears, even though I know that inside he knows that everything is only the Atma and it's eternal. So I ask myself that same question. Why does he become angry? Why does he become sad? Why does he become happy? And the conclusion that I came to is because these emotions are genuine, are genuine. They're experiences for us to treasure and have because we realize that only in this body, in this moment, in this reality, can we have those experiences. So we should honor them and we should fully embrace them. Now the difference becomes having that, experiencing that emotion and then letting that emotion affect your ability to make, to affect your judgment and your discernment. So the difference between, let's say an enlightened being and a normal person is that they might both feel angry at a certain situation, but the person that is not enlightened 
that anger might influence their ability to think properly and they might take part in an action that might not necessarily help them or those around them, but might entangle them more into this world, might cause more suffering or more ignorance in their life going forward. Well, the difference between an enlightened being is that when that anger arises, they harness that anger for greater good. Because sometimes, as we know in life, anger can be used to move forward certain things, right? Um, people might not listen if you're soft, soft. Sometimes you have to be angry. And when somebody's angry, maybe they listen. So certain emotions can also be harnessed to bring forward a greater service to the world. So I would say when people say, you know, this, I'm not a fan of the stoic sort of movement where you deny all emotion, because even though you might have certain level of peace, um, in reality, that is, there's a difference between just being at peace and experiencing and having joy in life, right? I'm a believer in having joy. Um, just to be stoic is a bit boring. Why you want to spend your whole life in that state? You're, you're living here, enjoy it. Right? Antonio knows I'm in New York City. I'm having pizza. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm joking. Sometimes I get angry if I see something. But, of course, I'm trying not to become attached to it. That is the joy of life. Uh, so I would say that's the real difference. If we just sort of summarize it, emotions are there to be experienced. But if you're not enlightened, you become attached to those uh, emotions and it affects your ability to think clearly. An enlightened being experiences the emotions fully and harness those emotions to do greater good in this world, while at the same time fully enjoying this life. So I hope that sort of uh, tackled uh, the question. Heck yeah, man, that's a great answer. That's how I felt over the last year and a half, is there's so much more joy, I feel like, when I've experienced it. So, And I, the, the Stoics too is true. So thank you so much for taking that extra time, man. That was really cool. Thank you, Jeremy, for the question. I think that is a great distinction to have. And thank you, Rishi, for providing your insight. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. We are going to end the room, but just so you know, this is the Spirit Lounge. We're back on in Season 2. Um, stay tuned for not next week, the week after that. We're going to have some more rooms, similar topics. You know, We're trying to dig into these concepts, not in a right and a wrong, but just in a fundamental way, in a principal way, and get these kind of inputs from other people, their experiences, these, these great questions. Um, and we have also have the pleasure of picking the mind of a monk at the same time. So to, uh, also head over to the Clubhouse room, but also on um, Anchor FM, linked up at the top. We got the podcast streaming over all the ether waves out there, whatever platform you like to use. This recording as well will be out there. And if you're listening outside of Clubhouse, you can find the ways to get to the people you need. So thank you, everybody, for coming out and enjoy um, whatever part of the day it is and see you next time.